today. The premier was in Langley, and he talked to voters there in the Fraser Valley, uh, and it focuses on housing and many middle-class issues. Uh, at its core, he is reaching out to, to voters there uh, and further into the valley because to hold on to their majority, they need to win in those areas. Of course, the focus at its core is always economic. It's always about the wallet. Take a listen to his comments. We want a province, we want communities like Langley to be a place where you can build a decent life. That means that you have a home that you can afford that's a good place for you to live, for your family to live. It means you have access to health care, family doctor. When you go to the hospital, you know you're going to get the care you need when you need it. That our uh, communities are safe, that our parks and downtowns are safe, and that the people who are struggling are also safe. Now, those comments, of course, are very mom and apple pie, especially in a, uh, an election year. But at its core, everything he talked about there comes down to having a strong economy. For the last decade or more, BC has enjoyed bragging rights uh, for its economic performance uh, compared to the rest of Canada. Uh, the, the province generally outperformed its counterparts in many cases when it came to jobs, population and GDP growth. But more recently, the wind has come out of BC's economic sales. The, econo- the economy is cooling and a time where BC's population and public sector continues to grow. Well, today, a new report from the Business Council of BC reaffirms what many have been talking about behind the scenes. In the lead-up to next week's provincial budget, the forecast from BCBC shows economic growth in our province will slow in 2024. Joining me to talk a little bit about this issue and this report is Ken Peacock, Senior Vice President and Chief Economist for the Business Council of BC. Ken, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jeff. So walk me through, why is this just going to be a slowdown that's temporary, or do you see bigger issues here that's going to really impact our future economic growth? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a both going on, Jazz. There is a cyclical element to this. Uh, there's not much doubt about that. The, it, we expect the economy to grow by that sort of modest 0.7% pace this year, um, in, in large part because of higher interest rates. Those, of course, are a drag on households, higher borrowing costs, and they're dampening business invest, investment as well. And then there's the global slowdown, which is also dampening up, dampening BC's sort of prospects over the next couple of years. But the wrapping up of the large capital projects <clears throat> excuse me, that you mentioned, mm-hmm. big factor, that leaves a big hole in BC's economy. Um, it, very significant, in fact, because there was like tens of billions of dollars in construction activity flowing into these so, so just to slow you five years. So yep. just to slow you there, that's the uh, LNG project up north, the uh, coastal gas pipeline and, and the build of the actual facility in Kitimat. You've got the t- TMX pipeline that will be moving uh, bitumen from Alberta to uh, to Vancouver here and then to uh, to foreign foreign lands. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those types of projects are what you're talking about. Yep, and so I would throw, I would put Site C in there as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of exploration activity uh, related to looking for gas uh, feedstock into LNG. There was a couple other related pipelines. So the capital buildup re- really was big, and that is now winding down and fading. We will get a lift when LNG exports start and the, the pipeline starts operating, but nothing nothing similar or comparable to, to the buildout. So there's the downshift there, and then in addition. We see a lot of headwinds here in British Columbia. We've got high tax rates, um, the fourth highest personal income tax rate in North America, and we've got a policy agenda that is quite challenging with respect to climate policy and carbon taxes uh, for advancing land-based projects and BC's export sector in general. So that's a medium-term challenge. So there's a bit of a question mark uh, how robust 
our rebound will be in 25, 26, 27, Jazz. All right, well, let's talk about a couple of those things. Let's talk about the public sector versus private sector. Uh, from what I can tell in this report, there has been significant growth in the public sector, uh, but very little growth in the private sector. Yeah, this this is what is particularly concerning. So in 2023, B.C., if we just look at the private sector payrolls, so the number of people that have a job, a payroll job in the private sector, that actually fell in 2023. It was a small decline, 0.2%, but still, that's six or 7,000 fewer jobs in the private sector. In contrast, BC's public sector grew by 4.4%. So that's a, a very large jump in the number of workers in the public sector. That was the strongest increase in Canada. And flipping back to the private sector, Jazz, we, we saw that mild decline I just described, but every other province in the country saw growth of 3, 3 4% in private sector payrolls. So something very unusual is going on in BC. The winding up of projects is part of it. Um, probably increased payroll taxes and uh, higher operating costs are probably also a factor. It's difficult to really know, but I, t- I tell you, Jeff, I haven't seen a divergence or a difference between job markets uh, with BC compared to the rest of the country like this before. It really is something that's got my attention. Uh, and the other issue is, of course, the carbon tax, uh, which will continue to go up um, uh, in, across the country, but certainly here in British Columbia. Uh, I want you to f- let's focus on this a little, a little bit for a moment. It impacts every individual, but every company making an investment decision in British Columbia. So between now and if we continue this route in regards to increasing carbon tax, what do you see by 2030 here in our province? Yeah, it's going to be a very, very significant challenge. Uh, I haven't actually done any specific work, but I have looked into the modeling work that the province did with respect to economic projections uh, and trying to understand what the implications of the Clean BC Roadmap to 2030, which is the plan that has the carbon tax going higher and a bunch of other climate-related policies in it. And it, it turns out that the government, when it, it embarked on its exercise, uh, modeling exercise to understand economic impacts, very, very large hit to the economy. By 2030, uh, their modeling results show that the economy will be $28 billion smaller than it otherwise would be. So this is a very significant dampening and trimming of growth um, that that right now, the uh, if the government proceeds with the policy plans as outlined in Clean BC 2030, uh, the, the implications will be much slower growth for BC, particularly in BC's export and sector and land-based activities. It is a, a sobering read, uh, and you know you want to look at things that are positive. But the trend lines, you know, the economy is going to pick up a little bit. This year is going to be a bit tougher. But the core structural challenges within our economy and the decisions governments make in regards to attracting future investment and continued uh, production in our province, it doesn't speak very well in regards to where we're headed. No, we it's um it, we you know that the budget comes out next week and it feels like we're in this awkward sort of box of a situation here because there's enormous spending pressures of course um to deal with health care, homelessness, housing, uh, unaffordability, all these challenges we're w- well aware of and at the same time uh when the government's going to need additional revenue you've got the economy slowing down you've got these projects uh, wrapping up and, and, and winding down. And then you do have this big question mark about uh, BC's ability to attract uh, 
further uh, and more investment to continue to grow and and expand at at a rate in the private sector that can generate sufficient tax revenue to deliver uh, much-needed public services. So, you know, while they're going to be looking for more revenue, Jeff, Mm-hmm. There's there's no room for additional tax increases just because of our competitive position. And in fact, I would argue it's time to start looking uh, to to areas where we might trim our tax rates a little bit to make VC more competitive. But as it stands, uh, it's increasingly difficult to attract capital investment into VC. Ken, as always, thank you for your time. Thank you, Jeff.